Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 100. Get ready to maximize your potential with Optimal Finance Daily, the podcast that brings you the best content in personal finance five days a week. Your optimal life awaits. Now here's your host, Dan Warren. Hey everyone, and welcome to Optimal Finance Daily, where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And today is the big day. We finally made it to episode 100. It's been a great ride, and I wanna thank you all so much for listening all this time, and uh, thanks to the authors too, who've been kind enough to give us permission, of course, to read this material to you. We could not continue to do this show without them or without you continuing to listen. Now, this episode is going to be quite a bit different than usual. If you're on our mailing list, uh, first, thank you. And second, you might have seen that Justin from Optimal Living Daily sent out an email on Monday asking for your personal finance questions so that we can really focus on you for this special episode. And the response has been terrific to this. Um, I'm going to play some of the audio questions that we received. I'll share the answers that we came up with for you. And then uh, Justin's going to jump in here and there as well. Actually, he's going to come on right now for a little message. Here's Justin. What's going on, Life Optimizers? I also wanted to thank you so much for all the support of this show and, of course, Optimal Living Daily, too. I'm really happy that this show made this milestone. And like Dan mentioned, we really wanted this episode to be about you. So that's why I sent out that email on Monday. I'll answer each question from my own perspective. And we also asked our business partner, Lee, to chime in. So Dan will read those also. By the way, if you're not on our mailing list, this is another reason why you might want to join. You get to participate in fun stuff like this. And of course, there are all the book giveaways and life tips, Excel spreadsheets, video tutorials, you name it. All free if you're part of our little family. Just drop by oldpodcast.com for all of that. But again, thank you so much for being a part of this journey. And here's to another 100 episodes. All right, back to Dan. All right, so with that, let's start optimizing your life. Here's our first two questions. Hey, Justin Salawi. Um, I was just wondering if you could address the question of whether you should have multiple bank accounts and kind of siphon off funds uh, for, let's say, investments, uh, one for 
discretionary or fixing up the house, for example, or one for savings, things like that. And I know people have like 10 different bank accounts doing that. And it's kind of like a different way of budgeting uh, by doing automatic um, transfers, so to speak. So just let me know if uh, that's a tactic that's helped people in the past. All right. Thank you. Love your show. Hi, Dan. I'm a recent college graduate, and I have a couple of goals I want to start saving for, like a house, car, and further education. I don't know where I should be saving for these goals. Do I just keep everything in one savings account, or should I use multiple accounts to keep my goals separate? And where should I keep emergency savings? Am I overthinking this, trying to divide all of my savings up into different accounts? Thanks. Okay, we grouped those two together since they're very similar. Um, First, thank you for the kind words, Halawi. Uh, I think this one comes down to personal preference, but I think that separate accounts could be a great way to save for an emergency fund and a house down payment. It might be much easier to put money aside at the start of each month into a separate account uh, for a specific purpose rather than having all of your money in the same account. And our business partner, Lee, uh, mentioned that when he was paying off his student loans, he had tried to save up uh, enough money in his everyday checking account, but he thinks he would have saved money much faster had he saved that money in its own designated account. And for Sophie, uh, I'll say you're not overthinking it, and I think different accounts can be a great strategy. The time frame of when you expect to use the money should dictate uh, what type of account you use for your money. So if you're expecting and need to use the money in the short term, like a house down payment or debt repayment, you probably don't want to put that money in a riskier investment vehicle that could uh, decrease in the short term, such as the stock market. I would agree, and great question, Halawi, and Sophie. So I don't personally do this, and I think much of the reason is because I track every penny in and out of my life and have been doing that for over six years. So for me, emergency fund or house down payment or discretionary, these categories that normally people might budget for, I don't have separate bank accounts for, but I do have the typical stuff like an IRA account, savings, and checking. And You mentioned some people might have 10 different accounts, and that seems like a lot to me, probably overkill. And you know, what you're talking about kind of reminds me of Leo Babauta's system. That's Leo Babauta of Zen Habits. Maybe it's not his system, but one he talks about a lot, and that's the what I believe is called the envelope system. And essentially, he puts cash into different envelopes to budget for different things. I know you're talking about bigger stuff like fixing up the house and investments, but what you're talking about reminds me a lot of this, and I can definitely see the value, especially with automatic transfers like you mentioned. It takes out a lot of the manual work or even the laziness and forgetfulness. And this question was really well-timed because all this week, Dan has been reading Joshua Fields Milburn's post on saving for retirement, and Joshua does it all through Betterment. And his envelopes, so to speak, are safety net, IRA, building wealth, so that's like the investments you mentioned, house fund, again, pretty much like you mentioned, employer contributions, and contributing to others. Again, all through Betterment, which could make this a lot less complicated. And even with my crazy Excel tracking, this is actually what I'm planning to move into, just like Joshua does. And I think it makes the most sense because each bucket has its own risk and aggressiveness. And the good news is that Betterment can handle all of that for you, and you're not dealing with 10 different accounts. So combine this with a little bit of Excel tracking or even using something like the EveryDollar app or even Mint.com, and I think you'll have a great plan. And again, you can hear Joshua's post in its entirety by listening to episodes 96 through 99 of Optimal Finance Daily, the four episodes right before this one. And for Sophie, congratulations on graduating. That's awesome. 
I think what I said covers yours too. So yeah, I really like Betterment for this. So you can pick the right investment vehicle for each bucket that you mentioned. All right, so let's hear the next question. This one's from Logan. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. I've found that Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals, whatever they are. I definitely wouldn't be able to allocate my finances or plan as clearly without help from Monarch. In fact, Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. What's the best finance advice you've ever received? Well, I think the best financial advice I've ever received is just to start today. Um, You heard it last week in the post from Mr. Money Mustache. Time is a huge factor in terms of building wealth, uh, and you just need to start as soon as possible. Secondly, I would add to live on less than you make, ideally far less than you make, so you can maximize the size of your retirement portfolio and uh, let time help you with the rest. And I guess another pretty close runner-up for me would be basically the set it and forget it uh, mindset with index funds. You know, rather than having an active money manager who is out there trying to beat the market for you, which uh, statistics show just is very, very hard to do, uh, and uh, index funds are simply the way to go. You put your money aside in an index fund that tries to mirror perhaps the S&P 500, which is where uh, much of my money is, and you just leave it there for the long term. You don't panic when the market goes down. You don't get hysterically happy when the market goes up. You just set it and forget it. Yeah, and that's a great question. I agree for sure. And my answer is similar, actually. It's pretty much the book, Your Money or Your Life. Dan actually read Mr. Money Mustache's review of the book in episodes 82 and 83, and that covers it pretty good, but to boil it down further, it's really about realizing what is enough. There's a graph in the book that shows your fulfillment or happiness on one axis and then money spent on the other. So if you can imagine that. And yeah, as you spend more starting from zero, the graph goes up, obviously. You know, having a roof over your head helps with fulfillment. Some comforts will definitely help with that too even some luxuries. Like I have an iPhone and I strongly believe, yes, this makes my graph go up towards fulfillment and happiness, but there are only a few luxuries like that. Anything past that, like any money spent after that, doesn't make the graph go up and actually the opposite. You can have less fulfillment and less happiness because you're now worried about those luxuries, like worried they'll be stolen or damaged or whatever. And you're spending hard-earned time, not only money, but actual time you had to work for that thing. So to sum it up, is that pair of sunglasses really worth a full day of working? Is that purse worth a whole week of your life? The best advice I've ever heard is to figure out what's really enough. All right, next question. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? 
Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there. And keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. Yeah, g'day. My name is Brendan and I'm calling from Bunbury, Western Australia and I'm an avid listener. Kudos to you and your great show. Now, I hate debt and I don't want it. I'm already on the right path as far as budgeting, saving and investing for my family's future. So my question is, is it still wise to buy a house? I am aware of the potential investment opportunities that the property market can bring, but I hate debt. Is there anything wrong with renting forever? Brandon, first, thank you for those kind words and for being a listener. There are so many factors that come into the decision to buy versus renting. Uh, There's property prices, there's taxes, insurance, maintenance, closing costs, mortgage interest rates, but also uh, the price of rent, how much you're paying in rent and how much you can expect that rent to go up over time. Many uh, buy versus rent calculators that you can find out there will show you that if you buy a comparable home to the places that you would rent, um, that after so many years, buying is, in fact, better financially than renting. But it is important to remember that homeownership often has uh, a lot of extra costs that aren't always accounted for. You're going to have a furnace that's going to break, a water heater. You're going to have a roof that needs to be completely replaced uh, every 10, 15 years, whatever it is. Uh, So I hate to sound like a broken record, but this is really a decision that's another one That's purely personal preference. So if you hate debt and you don't want to take out a mortgage to purchase a home, don't do it. Uh, Don't buy a home simply because of the stigma that you're supposed to purchase a home. Renting has a lot of uh, upside, a lot of benefits that are often understated, like giving you the flexibility to move whenever you'd like and uh, only renting the size and space that you need at that given time in your life versus buying for long-term use where you may need more space. So in the end, uh, do whatever's going to make you happy because If you're smart with your finances, buying or renting is not going to tremendously alter your financial path. Hey, Brendan, all the way from Australia. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't think I have too much to add here, especially since I have no idea what's going on in the Australian real estate market. But I think the advice you just heard is spot on. And renting seems to be a more and more viable long-term option, but it really has a lot to do with how often we move. Like I moved six times in the last six years, (laughs) which would be terrible if I had purchased each of those times. But if you're ready to plant yourself down really like long-term and you get in when the cost is low, ownership definitely makes sense in most cases. But I totally get where you're coming from and I like Dan's advice. Oh, and episode five of Optimal Finance Daily way back when was a post from Mr. Money Mustache about exactly this. Funny enough, the title of that post and episode is Rent versus Buy. If you have to ask, you should probably rent. So without knowing your situation completely, I'm probably gonna lean in that direction of renting. And Mr. Money Mustache found places where it made much more sense to rent. He also links to the New York Times Rent versus Buy calculator. So definitely check out episode five of this podcast. Hopefully that helps. All right, here's another question. Hi, Justin and Dan. This is Matt from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I'm a high school librarian. I listen regularly to both OLD and OLD Finance. Both podcasts have exposed me to new ways of thinking about money and life. Thanks. Here's my question. 
Since most students are on their own to learn about personal finance, what financial advice would you give to an 18-year-old, and what books would you recommend? Okay, Matt, thank you for the nice comments. Uh, Our business partner, Lee, has a great response to this one. He said, I tell every 18-year-old to start today. If you have a summer, part-time, or full-time job, learn to live on less than you're earning. Then take the excess savings and start investing immediately. The first book I would recommend is Your Money or Your Life by Joe Dominguez and Vicki Robin. This book helped to totally recalibrate my personal thoughts on finances, career, and future goals, and I didn't read it until I was 25. If I'd read this book at 18, I believe it would have given me an even bigger jump start on a path to a financially healthy and happy life. After that recommendation, I would send every 18-year-old over to www.mrmoneymustache.com and tell them to consume as much of his content as possible. I didn't discover his work until uh, just a couple of years ago, and his content helped me drastically shift my goals and financial habits in a more positive direction. Awesome, Matt. I love this. Thank you so much for the kind comments, by the way, and for listening to both podcasts. Lee stole my answer, as I already mentioned, Your Money or Your Life. We both went to school uh, together and were exposed to that book in the same class, actually, which is also the class that made us track all our income and expenses for a week. Clearly, that class changed my life. While we didn't talk about this book together until years later, it had a profound effect on both our lives, so there's that. But since he already mentioned it, I would add the book Ishmael to the list. It's not a finance book, and I recently mentioned this in the OLD Weekly email that I send out because it's been on my mind lately. While that book is fiction, it had a very similar impact on me, and many high schools actually make it required reading, but mine didn't. I wish they had. As far as specific advice, I think this 100th episode of Optimal Finance Daily would be a great place to start. Thanks again for listening, and we'll do one more question from England. Hi, Justin. This is Charlie from Northamptonshire in England. Um, I was wondering, how do you cope with the guilt or um, letting yourself buy things while you're paying off debt? Um, So, for example, I'm training for my first marathon, so I need equipment. And also, I love gardening, so I purchase things necessary for growing as well. Um, Do you budget for this or should I even be buying these things at all? Thank you. Okay, so Lee had a great response to this one too, and I'm going to read that to you. He said, life is meant to be lived, right? And you have to put yourself in a position to enjoy the present without negatively impacting your future. Balance is crucial when it comes to spending money while trying to pay off debt. Make sure that the purchases you're making are really important to you. It sounds like running and gardening are important to you and probably are helping you save more money long-term than you're spending now uh, by improved health and growing your own food. If you were spending money on a new big screen TV or luxury car, I'd say those things could wait, but it's important to focus on the activities that bring you the most enjoyment in your life, and it's okay to spend money in those areas. Just be reasonable. As my wife and I continue to pay off student loan debt ahead of schedule, we reward ourselves with small purchases at the end of each milestone. So for every $10,000 we pay off ahead of schedule, we might take 500 to purchase something we've really wanted but have delayed during each phase of debt repayment. Sure, it has slowed down our debt repayment slightly, but it also motivates us to hit the next milestone along the journey. That's my buddy Lee telling everyone that life is meant to be lived. Spend that money. I'm just messing. I actually agree with him. Oh, and hi, Charlie. I love your accent. So those are passions that you have right now and awesome that they're healthy activities. Now, if you're the type of person to jump from one passion to the next fairly quickly, I do that with a lot of things, then I'd say start as cheaply as possible. 
you can get secondhand used gardening supplies, I'm sure. And I'm not sure what you need for marathon training since I've never done it, but maybe there's a way to think outside the box there too and start cheaper. But again, I'd really only say that if you have a tendency to become passionate about things in the short term, which again is something I struggle with on occasion, not with podcasts, Optimal Living Daily is six months old and I'm doing my best to keep it going. But I did actually start the podcast on a pretty tight budget. I was using a fairly cheap USB microphone because I didn't know if this was gonna work out or just be a short phase. But it worked out and I upgraded a little, which actually probably wasn't necessary, but it added value for me. So all that to say that, I agree with what Lee said. If it's reasonable and you know you're gonna do it long-term, then go for it. And as for the guilt, know that those are really healthy passions. So I give major props to you. You shouldn't feel guilty. Keep it up. All right, I think we need to end it there since this episode is turning out to be the longest one ever. We did get a lot of great questions from you and if you did send in a written one, you'll definitely get a reply from us even if we uh, didn't get to it here. So hang tight. And I wanna thank each and every one of you one last time for being here and listening to the show on a daily basis. If you wanna be part of our little family, get notifications when we do special episodes like this one and get spreadsheets from us, plus be automatically entered to win books all for free, just swing by our website, oldpodcast.com. We'd appreciate it. So that's it for today. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. And I'll be back on Monday with the start of our next 100 episodes where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from amazing bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Finance Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.